0: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 630 Chad. The Edmonton Oilers done in
1: by a horrible first period tonight. They wind up losing 3-1 to the Detroit Red Wings back-to-back regulation time losses for the Oilers first time this season as they go to 8-4-1 on the year. The Red Wings snap an eight game winless streak they were 0 7 and 1 in their last eight their record goes to 4 8 and 1 thanks a lot for tuning in tonight it's 8:24. along with rob brown i'm reed wilkins we got the world series on the tube which we will keep you updated on 3-2 nationals leading the astros in the sixth astros trying to win the whole thing nationals trying to force game seven tomorrow the oilers played a really poor game against florida on Sunday, and, and credit to the Panthers, they, they played well, they finished their chances, but the Oilers uh, were, were really bad in the first period, horrible to start the second period, fell behind, and I thought, okay, here's the test for the Oilers. Can they come out and establish something, play with some energy, check, generate opportunities, and you know, prove that that was a one-off against the Panthers? Well, instead, they were just as bad, if not worse, early uh, well, and for a lot of the game, than they were against Florida on Sunday. That's r- really disappointing to me, Rob. There, uh, and we'll talk about this more as we go on. There are some first period issues with this team. And, you know, shots in the first period 13 5 Detroit. Again, goals in bunches. Detroit gets two and 52 seconds. And uh, Edmonton's playing from behind the whole night.
2: Well, so many things factor into to tonight's game and how it should have been started. The fact that the Oilers have struggled as of late, not playing as well. They get beat pretty bad on home ice. Uh, there's been all the talk about lines two through th- four, two, three, and four, uh, and their struggles. The the big change with all of the different, all those lines are all mixed up and matched up, and everybody in the media and everyone in the dressing room is talking about the fact that they've got to be better. Those lines. And they're playing against a team that's lost eight straights. You would expect the Oilers are going to push, push early, try to set the tone in this game, try to get in on the Detroit Red Wings team that is very fragile and struggling. And instead, it was the Red Wings that came out and were much better. And it was 2-0 after 1, and it should have been 3 or 4. Koskinen was outstanding in the first game. Koskinen was outstanding the entire night. It was not a good enough start through 20. The Oilers were not good enough in the middle 20 as well. Uh, there's a pushback in the end, but again, it's led by one line. And what we're seeing more and more our teams are trying to devise a defensive strategy to slow down as much as they can, completely sell out defensively on the Oilers' top line because they don't feel that lines 2, 3, or 4 can beat them. And so far through 14 games, it, it's proven to be true. So the Oilers have got to find a way to create more in their second, third, and fourth lines, because right now, uh, unless they get perfect goaltending and their power play is very efficient, they're finding it a hard, hard time to win hockey games.
1: Yeah, and they they did have a power play opportunity with 6:25 left in this game to tie it up after how poorly they played most of the night, but they they couldn't find the the tying goal. The Oilers power play 0 for three tonight. Detroit goes 1 for 3 with uh, with the man advantage. I will say this though about the first period. That was not a depth player failure. That was a team. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, Drysaitl, McDavid, Nugent-Hopkins. You can lump mm-hmm. everybody in. There was, there was nothing going on. It was almost like, how open can we make Detroit players for their scoring opportunities?
2: Through the first forty minutes, if you went through the dressing room, Koskinen showed up and was excellent. And I thought Cassian showed uh, a little bit of intensity, a little bit of nastiness, and betting again with some big hits. But that's all you really saw when it came to emotion or intensity. And when you're struggling, and we've talked about this many, many times, if you're struggling in one aspect of your game, there's other aspects that you can throw in there. You know, if you're not scoring, go hit someone. Block a shot. uh, Get in someone's face. Fight. I mean, whatever it takes, but be noticeable in the game. And the Oilers were quiet through 40 minutes. And Detroit took advantage of it. So... Uh, unfortunately, this is a record that we've heard too many times here in Edmonton, and it's you're putting just way too much pressure on your goaltender to be perfect each night. The goal, Koskinen had to be perfect tonight for the Oilers to have a chance to win this hockey game, and uh, he he did everything he possibly could, but the Oilers just, again, cannot generate any offense if your name's not McDavid or Drysettle.
1: Yeah, Koskinen made some some big saves in the second period, a, a great stretching save on uh, Athanasiu breakaway in the third period, about 20 seconds after Drysettle had pulled them within a goal. They quickly reviewed that one, and uh, a few things Athanasiu did kicked at the puck kicked at the pad and by the time it went in the, the net might have been off which it, it can not count if the puck's going in in the process of the net coming off but that's why that one uh, didn't count because he, he kicked at it and interfered with Koskinen's pad d- as well um, the Oilers have one first period goal in their last six games they have two goals total in their last four road games, they, they, they were close to being shut out three road games in a row. But the, the I mean, again, we'll we'll stress the the starts. Uh, just nine first period goals on the season now in in 13 games, and and, and just one in the last six. So this is, this is this something that's that's set in here where they're not starting games well? And I, I put this on on Twitter as well. And this is what is a kind of mind boggling because. You know, I know we, we talked to a lot of people. Well, some people didn't like McClellan. Some people didn't like Shirelli. Some people didn't like Kruger. Some people didn't like Hall. Some people didn't like Talbot. And, and some people like those guys. That's fine. But the Oilers being a poor starting team. Now, granted, a lot of years they've been a, a poor team in every yes. period. But the Oilers being a poor starting team has has spanned several coaches, has spanned several general managers, has spanned several goalies, has spanned several captains has spanned several roster qualities. I mean, even the, even when they made the playoffs in 16-17, they, they were not a great starting team. I mean, I remember they had that, because I remember looking up stats and and Todd McClellan was questioned about it. They had a stretch where they allowed at least a goal in the first nine minutes of seven or eight games in a row. And a lot of those, they, they, they'd allowed two. And some of those they won or some of those they matched the other team because they were a deeper team offensively. And I remember McClellan said, because we always hear from people, well, you, the coach has to prepare the players. The coach has to get them up to play. Disagree. But what McClellan said that year, I think the coach maybe can try to create a mentality. And what he said that year was, he said, okay, guys, we're playing a 10-minute game. And then it, it's followed by a 50-minute game. If we tie one and win the other, we get the, we get the two points, right? So he said, let's, keep, let's stop losing the 10-minute game. And tonight, the Oilers lost the opening 10-minute
2: game. 2 Mm-hmm. And... Well, I mean, frankly... There you go. For the most part, it's because their lineup isn't good enough. Uh, for a number of years where the Oilers... Take away, take away the one year, a couple years ago, they made the playoffs. Every other year, the lineup they had wasn't good enough. So they're going to lose a lot of 10-minute segments. And you're going to lose a lot of them early in... But really I'm, in the game True,
1: but I'm just I'm just saying still there, I, I think there's This team can play better Oh, they well, can certainly like, we play don't, Obviously they're not going to win Seven of every eight Like they started this season But you can get out there And be more involved in the game well, Than they were in the first
2: When tonight. When When does when is a game Or when does a coach Normally Shorten his bench well, normally, it, the further the game goes on. So usually third oh, period. Fair. I see what you're saying. Okay, so when, when do you get, so when is the Oilers, when is their best period? The third period is the best. Well, there you go. I mean, that, to me, that's self-explanatory. Why the Oilers in the first period aren't as good, it's because they're trying to roll four lines. At that point, Dave Tippett and the coaching staff is trying to find a way to get everyone involved. And unfortunately, when everyone's involved, the Oilers aren't as good a team. In the third period, when you start playing McDavid and Drysaddle every second shift, or we saw one shift, it was the end of the second period, start of the third period, where I think it was about a three minute and 40 second shift that Drysaddle and and McDavid had. And, And the game is completely different when they're on the ice and when they're not. So for me, their start simply is I mean, and and having said that, McDavid and Dry Settle have not been good in the first periods of games I, as well. I agree with that. At idea. games as well. But when they when the Oilers are at their best is when those two are playing every second shift, right now their lineup that they have dressed for one reason or another has not been good enough outside of their goaltending and their first line. Those those two, the goaltending, in the first line has got them a lot of points and probably a few games where they probably shouldn't have got points in. And the other nine forwards have got to find a way to figure it out because what we're seeing right now, when you're playing these guys 26, 27 minutes a night and you have to, those players aren't going to be able to play a whole season 26, 27 minutes. Eventually, they're going to run out of steam and then you lose the luxury of having this two superstars controlling games.
1: So better starts or adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit com. As the Oilers lose 3-1 to the Detroit Red Wings, the shots by period, 13-6 Detroit in the first, 10-9 Detroit in the second, 17-5 for, uh, for the Oilers in the third As 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 they took the game. Uh, they took the game over. Detroit had a lot of turnovers under pressure. The others couldn't find the tying goal. Jimmy Howard made some pretty good saves down the stretch as well. And the Oilers had some close calls. But, again, you're in a situation where you need a bounce or you need to cash in on most of your opportunities to uh, to get back in the game. And that's, you know, you're, you're going to lose. You're going to lose two in a row. Mm-hmm. But to lose two virtually the same way where you kind of, I mean, for me as an observer, you kind of watch that game and say, well, what if they would have played better? I mean, if they if, they're, if they play a solid three-period game and lose 2-1 because Detroit finished a little better or Howard stood on his head and, you know, maybe the shots are 28-28 are at the end of the night or whatever, then you say, okay, well, Detroit executed a little better. Mm-hmm. But to me, you know, when you're talking about effort preparation concentration that's that's a little more disappointing to talk about it it
2: is and and it's something that the coaches look more at than than fans do the fans look wins or losses and we've over the last number of years we've seen games where the others get the win everyone's happy And you're like, okay, yeah, they didn't play very good. Or they they scored a late goal, and then they wanted to shoot at a game that for 56 minutes the other team was better. But the fans are thinking, oh, that was an awesome game. we got to win. Coaches look at it differently. They look at how the team plays. That's why when they had a 6-3 win against Philadelphia, Dave Tippett wasn't happy. Because they did not play good in that game. They got more than they deserved. And in a game like this, again, as you were just saying, if the Oilers play well and lose... Dave Tippett's going, all right, you know, it's going to equal out. We play well over the course of the year. The majority of the games are going to be a playoff hockey club. Uh, What's disappointing about the last two games is the Oilers haven't played well. They haven't played well top to bottom. I think Connor and Leon were excellent in the third period, but they weren't as good in the first 40. Mm -hmm. And the majority of the team wasn't good through 60. So the only silver lining that you want to look at through what we've seen in, in this little bit of a tailspin is even in the games that the Oilers have lost, take away maybe the game against florida the goaltending has been good yes and they are continuing to get good goaltending you have good goaltending it will cover up a lot of mistakes and a lot of warts and koskinen tonight i mean that was not a 2-1 3-1 overtime or 3-1 empty net goal that wasn't a 3-1 game koskinen made three saves on breakaways against the other team's best goal scores he was excellent
1: yeah i I, I I agree. The Oilers' goaltending has been that was the biggest question mark mm-hmm. for me going into the season. Me too. And I think it gets a pretty big check mark so far. Question mm-hmm. mark number two was the uh, penalty killing, which I'll give a small check mark because we've seen them allowing a few more goals mm-hmm. lately. But I wouldn't say there's a goal or or a game that they've lost specifically because of the penalty kill. And quite frankly, there's a couple they won. Yep, absolutely. Because the penalty killing was good, so I'll give that a smaller check mark. And then the third question I had was the depth scoring, which obviously gets a massive X yes. at, at this point. So that's going to be uh, continue to be a story as as we move along. Yeah, I, I mean, I I know. I mean, I kind of I'm on Twitter a little bit during the games, and I I know I saw a couple old glove side on the second goal for Koskinen. That hasn't been an ongoing issue this year like it was late last year, and I still think you face 32. And you allow two? I guess you can always debate the quality of the goals. Uh,
2: to me, that that was a great goal. That yeah, guy, that I, guy I walked think, in slap shot that. from just no. That was a great yeah, shot.
1: Yeah, to me, Koskinen. You know, after a game like this, if he's well, I mean, any night. If I mean you as a player, if you knew every night, okay, your goalie's going to give up two, yep. and that's always going to give
2: up you well, you take that Coskin was the best now- he was the best player for the Edmonton Oilers tonight by far he was their best player
1: All right you can get us at 780-496-0063 we'll go to your phone calls in a bit you can also text 63630. Ascendant Financial makes a $25 donation tonight to 630 Shedden's Anonymous 25 bucks for every goal throughout the season when the name of the game is life there's Ascendant Financial visit coveredalberta.ca Let's go back to Detroit right now and bring in Oilers center Ryan Nugent-Hopkins Um
3: yeah I mean obviously- Obviously we don't want to uh, get behind the eight ball. We knew we knew they were going to come out uh, fast, coming back off. Uh, I think they were just coming from the road, but um, we, we knew coming in they were going to come out hard, and um, they had a, a couple early, and then uh, we just fought our way back late uh, um, into the game. But I mean, uh, we just couldn't find a find a way to score, so I got to Got to find that. I mean, uh, even though it was 2 nothing, uh, we made it 2-1 and we still had lots of chances to come back. So um, we've uh, done it in the past. We just got to um, obviously uh, shoot yourself in the foot a little bit by uh, always always being down early, though. You guys outshot the Detroit Red Wings 17-5. Was it just a matter of too little, too late in the third? Well, yeah, it's just not scoring, really. I mean, uh, it might not be too little, too late. It's just a matter of finding a way to score. and. Uh, I mean, I put a lot of that on myself right now it's uh not going in for me i'm uh I gotta find a way i mean uh whether um going that bank and one off my uh legs and in or something like that it's just uh Some's gotta they start gotta start going, so I take a lot of uh, um, responsibility in that, and uh, I want to want to get that going. Is
4: it encouraging uh, that you're still generating chances because you had a couple of good looks in
3: there in the third? It's um, well, it's better than not for sure, but uh, at the end of the day, um, chances are chances are good. They uh, you feel good out there, but I mean, gotta find a way to, to put it in. So I mean, uh, it's it's better than not having them right now for myself, but um, yeah, I mean it's. Uh, Excuse me. Now had a Sam hit me a couple times. Him and Juge, I mean, great plays and uh, yeah. I don't know. Gotta find a way.
1: All right. That's Nugent Hopkins. Six shots on goal tonight. Also went seven for ten in the faceoff circle. Nugent Hopkins uh, stuck at one goal on the season. He played just under. 22 minutes. Uh, he had the uh, second most shots on goal of anybody in the game. Dylan Larkin had seven for Detroit. He scored one of their goals. Larkin, by the way, uh, 15 out of 20 in the faceoff circle. I guess he and Nugent Hopkins obviously weren't going head-to-head a lot since Nugent was 7 out of 10. And Detroit, a big edge in face-offs tonight, 59%, including 63% in the first period, further adding, adding to the uh, Oilers' woes in the opening 20 minutes as Detroit goes on to win it. Three one uh, good uh, the point here by this texter says the Oilers are eight four and one exactly where they were last year before losing six of seven and firing Todd McClellan. That is true. They were eight four and one uh, last year after thirteen. Slightly different last year. They started poorly mm-hmm. and then had a little bit of a burst to get to eight four and one. Another texter says uh, I think the Oilers should separate McDavid and Drysaddle. We need to create two lines of offense. Way too easy to defend against one line. Line two should be Neil Nugent Hopkins, and Dreisaitl. And on the first line, try McDavid, Cassian, and someone else who can move up.
2: Well, that will be the next move that Tippett will look at. Um, He's not blind to the fact that nobody is producing outside of their first line. Probably when you do that, and, and I agree, if you're going to split them up, I think Nugent Hopkins and Dreisaitl have to play together and you find someone to play with Connor. I think if you switch Nuge and settle, you're just leaving dry Settle by himself on a line. The Oilers, again, and this is something we've been saying for a few years now, the Oilers do not have enough depth on their wings to be able to create two good scoring lines. They just don't. Um, Neil has been a nice addition, but again, he, well, I guess he's got the three... Even strength goals, but still not on a consistent basis putting the puck in five on five. If you do, sw- if you do make make a, a switch, put Nuge and Drysaddle together. The only problem is, who do you play with Connor? I mean, again, Connor McDavid is world class offensively, but he needs the guys to get him the puck at the right times. He needs when he gets the guys the puck to be able to put it in the net and keep plays alive. So, uh, the others to me, are they're they're still that one player short. To be able to have two really effective scoring lines. And uh, we'll see going forward if a move is made, but so far their the record is what it is because their first line has been able to take over games when they've needed to. Uh, Big Z texting in, he says,
1: uh, Do you think Holland starts making roster moves to address the bottom six if this continues? Maybe bring up Yamamoto, maybe uh, pressure to pull the trigger on Puliyarvi, time to sit Kara. That is from uh, Big Z.
2: Uh, Kara, possibly. Uh, Yamamoto, I still, I I mean, Yamamoto, a guy in the minors right now to me is like a backup quarterback. Everyone loves him when the starter's struggling. They all think he can do better, but there's a reason he's the backup quarterback because he's not as good. Uh, There's a reason Yamamoto's in the minors because he's not quite ready to be in the NHL. Um, so he will get a shot at some point. But again, I, I, I read a study, 74th in AHL scoring. He's not tearing it up. He, he's not uh, a point a, a point, or point and a half a uh, game player yet in the minors. He eventually will get his shot up here. As for pulling the trigger on a trade, he, the, the moving Pugliavi, you can do it any time you want, as long as you're getting what you want in return. Now, I'm sure that... Holland has talked to teams in the summer. I'm sure he's talked to it during training camp, and he's talking to teams now. But you're not going to pull the trigger unless you're getting what you want. And giving them away for something that's really not going to help your team. I mean, pooley I'm not sure what his pull is right now or what what his trade value is. Again, he's he's playing in a bit lower league over in Europe, and hopefully he does well, and he he finds his way, and he gets back to the National Hockey League. But you're still not getting... A savior by trading Pugliarvi. So I think that they did what they had to do this summer to bring in a bunch of guys. These guys have scored before. It's not like he brought a bunch of AHL players up and said, all right, here's your chance. There's guys that are in the lineup right now that have had double-digit goals in the National Hockey League recently that have zero goals right now.
1: 3-1. Detroit wins it tonight over the Oilers. Whenever Edmonton scores five or more in a game, we turn on the goal light. On the Oilers page on 630Ched.com, courtesy Japanese Village, AAA steak and succulent seafood cooked at your table. Celebrate your senses. All right, back to Detroit. Here's head coach Dave Tippett.
5: Uh, just
0: the hard push at the end, but again, just having to make up those goals, gets difficult. Yeah, they came out hard. I mean, you, we knew they were going to come out hard. They lost some games in a row there so they came out jumping uh we finally got our feet under us a little bit but we were down to nothing took a penalty early and then uh they capitalized on it and then we we turned the puck over and it was it was two nothing so you're chasing the game you're just hoping to get yourself back into it and we we pushed hard but uh the the four on three or the power play you'd like to see us get one there and came up a little short there and ended up uh, short on the game Dave, uh, when you're playing from behind, in your words, chasing the game, how much does that wear on your group? It wears on you. I mean, it's a it's a heck of a lot harder to chase a game than it is to play with the lead. That's just that's the way the game's built right now, you know. So, um, you know, that's that's frustrating for us. But I thought we pushed hard. It wasn't from a lack of effort. We just got to, there's some execution and we got to find some, uh, find some scoring in our lineup somewhere, you know. Can I ask you about that after, you know, to your top three? I know you juggled some things. Like, what else yeah. can you do? to... Well, we got work. We got to keep working on it. That's that's all you can do. There's there's some opportunities. I mean, sooner or later somebody's going to capitalize on one of those opportunities. I mean, Nuge had a couple of good opportunities the second period. Um, you know, we just we got to find a way to to chip in throughout the roster here a little bit. And, um, you know, we're a little dry right now, but hopefully it'll come. When you mix your lines around like that, it's sort of opportunity for different guys, right? They that's get to exactly sit- what it's all about. Yeah. Right. And there's people looking for more opportunity, and you give it to them, so you see what they do. And what did you yeah. feel like they did with it tonight? Uh, some good, some not so good, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we didn't we didn't produce, so that's that's the not so good. But we, uh, you know, there's some guys I think played with uh, were around a little more tonight, which is good to see. But we're still looking for results. Dave, uh, after the game, Ryan Nugent-Hopkins put a
4: lot of responsibility on his shoulders. He says, I got to find a way to put the puck in the net. What are you seeing from 93 that
0: maybe? I had some good opportunities tonight, and then, uh, you know, we're looking for the four forwards. And it's funny, I, you don't practice four on three very often, and we actually practiced it this morning at practice. So it was, it was ironic that we got one, but uh, we didn't do much with it. So. So that's something we'll have to go back to the drawing board a little bit on. But uh, but Nuge, he's uh, he he's got to keep shooting, keep finding opportunities. If he gets enough opp- opportunities, it's gonna it'll go in for him. But there's a few more guys, other Nuge, that we've got to start chipping into. You practice with four forwards, or is that game situation? No, that we practice with four forwards yeah. this morning. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All
1: right, a little bit. A little bit there from Oilers head coach Dave Tippett as they are beaten 3-1 by the Detroit Red Wings. They are now 8-4-1 on the season as we check the scoreboard. For Edmonton Trailer, looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. After the first period, Winnipeg leading Anaheim 2-1. Halfway through the third, the Wild and the Stars are tied 3-3. Nashville wins 3-0 over Chicago. The Rangers take down the Lightning 4-1. The Hurricanes edge the Flames 2-1. The Penguins pound the Flyers 7-1. Oilers and Penguins coming up on Saturday. If Jenny Malkin expected to return for the Pens in that game, the Capitals outlast the Maple Leafs 4-3 in overtime. Ovechkin with a power play goal in the extra session, his second of the night to win it.
2: He had four points in the game tonight, and that was the Capitals' second power play in over tonight. They, overtime tonight, and they made sure on the second one they got the win.
1: And also tonight is Boston improving to 9-1-2 and on the season as they take it to the Sharks 5-1. San Jose sinks to 4-8-1 and on the year. Tough start for them.
2: It has been a tough start. And right now in the World Series, it's 3-2 Washington. What's going on here? Right now, there's Washington had a player on base on first, and a guy hit a nubber to the pitcher, and he, the pitcher threw it to first, and the guy running to first, just as there was a play at the bag, he ran into the first baseman's glove, knocked the first baseman's glove off his hand, and now the umps have now been talking on the headsets for, I bet you, 15 minutes. Has it been that? It's been a a long, long time. Way too long. Way too long. Well, I can't tell by now. Don't change the call. But honestly, though, the one up on the right, I'm pretty sure I just read his lips and he said, did you see how Game of Thrones ended? What did you think? (laughs) I just, I'm not positive, but that's what it looked like. That's what
1: they're watching on Netflix right now or Crave or whoever (laughs) whoever has it. Oilers lose 3-1 to the wings, uh, 780-496-0063. We have Fred on the line. Go ahead, Fred. How's it going, boys? Good. Fred, did you, was that you that left me a voicemail earlier? Yeah, that was, actually. Okay. What's going on?
5: Uh, well, tonight's game, what do you do, right? I got a lot of faith in Ken Holland. He was left with little to work with, limited cap space. He'll get this figured out. But you know what? We need some guys that hit. There's only one guy hitting out there, and that's Cassian.
2: Well, in tonight's game, yeah, two guys hit. It was Cassian who had five hits and Matt Benning who had five hits. And, and, we, and we just talked about it earlier. It, it, when you're not doing other things, be noticed in different ways. So if you're not scoring and there's a lot of guys that could be uh, singled out for that, if you're not scoring, be physical. Make an impact in the game. And there's a lot of guys that aren't being impactful in a lot of different ways.
5: Well, I think there'll be a few boys sitting in the press box here pretty soon if it continues. But uh, how far is Nygaard and Pearson away from coming back?
1: Uh, Well, they're getting pretty close. Pearson might be able to go in the near future. I mean, Bob was even saying maybe on this trip, Nygaard probably a few more games.
5: Would you put Nygaard with Connor when he comes back?
2: Um, I think they would like to have him start with Nugent Hopkins and Neal is to start with and go Dreisaitl, Cassian, and McDavid and hope that Nygaard's speed can help, you know, ignite Nugent Hopkins and Neal. That's what they'd love to do. And then you can move Chase on or whoever is playing on the second line down into a role they're more com- comfortable and more, could be more successful in. But right. I think right now, you, I mean, you can try just about anything because the Oilers are only getting offense from two players.
5: That's true. And you know what? As far as bringing the kids up, leave them down there, Holland's going to do it the right way. We don't need to uh, destroy confidence. And there is a reason, Rob, like you said, why they're in the AHL. They're there to develop. They're not ready for the show yet. But uh, I got all the faith in the world with Tippett and uh, Ken Holland. Have a great night. All
1: right. Appreciate it, Fred. 780-496-0063. The uh, three stars... Larkin, Howard, and Koskinen tonight. We will give the fourth star to Zach Cassian, courtesy White Eagle Homes. Built from the homeowner's perspective with thousands of personalization options, visit whiteeaglehomes.ca. The Oilers are back at it tomorrow in Columbus, 4 o'clock face-off show game at 5.30 here on 6.30. Chad, did they finally figure this out? They, they finally... I they seen a good replay. They
2: they called the the runner going to first out, saying that he interfered with the first baseman. I don't know, he ran right over the bag. So I I don't know the rules in baseball well enough. I know that the manager of the Washington Nationals is not happy with the call because he just swore four times on air.
1: <laughs> Nationals <laughs> lead it 3-2 in the uh, top of the seventh. Pretty interesting World Series. It has been a uh, road series so far. The Nationals would love if that continued. Alex from Penticton on the line. Go ahead, Alex.
6: Hi, thanks for having me on. Well, I'm looking for maybe the spark they need is November. <laughs> they're going to start yeah. playing all the Western Conference teams. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, you know, the, the Phoenix and Vancouver now have better winning percentages, and uh, I think that glass slipper has fallen off. The Oilers here the last five games, and they're lucky to they were great. They were lucky to win against Washington. Let's face it. So the last five games, they've been in a little bit of a slump here. You know, l- like the other callers and like you guys know no one expected them to be in first place right now and not not a lot of people expected to make make the playoffs and um, you know Holland yeah the, the way Sorelli destroyed this team and uh, had no cap space i mean Holland obviously has tried his best to fill out that roster and uh so the spark you need i mean not showing up though uh, in the first period second period and uh you know yeah the goal kept them in the top line and the spark they need uh, rob i wanted to ask you questions about like how do you uh, start a game what do you what's said in the locker room i mean in your experience all those years that you had on the winning teams and some teams that you that went through slumps
1: uh rob never had a
2: slump oh no. i had i had many slumps good
1: so. question Thank you.
2: um you try to stay positive first i think one of the 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 tough things that happens when when a team struggles is guys start bickering Guys start pointing fingers, not always directly at a person, but guys will say things behind the back and it wasn't me and uh, blaming others for their faults. I think the biggest thing is to stay positive, and that's on the leadership crew to be able to, to make sure that the players stay going the right direction. And the other thing is whenever a team struggles, sometimes their better players start to stray away from the system because they're like, okay, the team's not playing, i got to do more. And I think we saw that a lot in Taylor Hall's years here in Edmonton. The teams weren't very good, and Taylor Hall tried to do too much, which ended up hurting him and the team even more. At the time, you don't think it as a player. You think, okay, I'll beat this guy one more time. I think a great example of it was tonight was uh, right when the goalie was pulled. Connor McDavid is carrying the puck up through center, gets to the blue line, and he tries to beat three guys and they get the puck they shoot it down into an empty net now connor there is thinking okay i can get i can get through there i got to do something special nothing's going right where the right play was a little chip into the corner connor McDavid's speed would get him there and he'd win win the battle and and be able to get the puck out that way so that's another thing you want to make sure when your team struggles a bit is to continue doing all the right little things and don't get away from those
1: yeah and you're right that was uh i mean mcdavid's awesome one-on-one and I know you've mm-hmm. said you know you can't doubt offensive players but he skated kind of right into to three guys and I was like oh man how is he how is he getting through that one and yeah I mean Alex made made a good point there, there wasn't a lot of cat. I mean look the I, I, Holland pulled off a move I didn't think he'd be able to pull off mm-hmm. I mean I, I was saying all oh, last year most of the summer until it happened that Lucic is going to be an order and Neil well, you know, you can't argue with 10 goals. Nope. Uh, we'll see how he keeps going, but he's he's mostly done his job. But, yeah, the, and, and the bets Holland made, now Haas was a bit of a chance. Nygaard was a bit of a chance. When you bring over players who don't have NHL, NHL experience, but, but you know, again, Shane, Granlund, Archibald. Archibald, even Yurcho, to some extent, you know, had played in the NHL, and I wouldn't have thought they would all have zeros. I mean, there's always a risk with depth players, with depth-free agents. You wonder if, okay, could have they were really the only team interested? But, I mean, Granland was signed right on July 1st, so it wasn't like he was, you know, Shane was... Though I will say this, Shane, in terms of his role, he's maybe been the best of some of those guys, even though he hasn't scored, because he's had some good games on the PK, and I thought he's been more consistent for checking than some of the other players. I mean, some games you haven't noticed Granland in the offensive, I think. Corner. Well, to me, Granlin... and I know he's was scratched tonight.
2: I mean, he's probably been the the biggest disappointment of the players that have been signed. I, I think that you know, after he's, he scored 12 goals, uh, he's done. They brought him in. He was the one that got the one-way contract, the big, the 1.3 million more than the other guys. There was higher expectations for him, and he's one that you don't notice a lot if at all, in the game. So uh, he's a player that needs to be better, and he, I'm sure he knows that since he's sitting in the press box right now. But, um, again, if if every one of those players that haven't scored yet scores next game, that's still on pace for a six-goal season. Like, this is how far it's gone along now with, uh, with these guys not scoring. And, again, uh, tonight, I mean, Nugent Hopkins had some really good looks, but your, your bottom six didn't have any. Again, it's not, it's not like they're being stymied. They're not getting the chances, and that's the hard part. When they're not getting the chances, it's really, really hard to stay confident because if you're getting chances, you know what, you go home at night, you know what, it's going to come, and one of these ones are going to get the right bounce and stuff like that, but it's not going to, uh, you're going to struggle sleeping at night knowing that, I mean, this is your livelihood. They, as we get in all these callers talking about, are they gonna, are they gonna move him? Are they gonna, are they gonna bench him? Are they gonna put him in the press box? These players are thinking about that as well.
1: All right, Oilers drop a three-one game tonight to the Detroit Red Wings. We have Lars on the line. Go ahead, Lars. Hey guys, so how many checks did Connor throw tonight?
2: Well, well I know he had one seat. for sure. I don't yeah. know if they gave it to him, but he threw one of the boards because. You said some. It said three hits. Actually, three hits for Connor, which would put him in third place behind Benning and Cassian.
6: Yeah, he looked like he was throwing the body tonight.
2: He probably a little frustration in there.
6: Yeah. Um, comparatively, our bottom two lines are obviously, I mean, underperforming. But compared to other teams in the league, uh, you know, normally the fourth line checks anyway. Are there teams who have? other lines that produce because it's just so frustrating to watch they're not doing anything they're not stopping anyone they're not they're not scoring they're not like you said they're not even producing any kind of chances but stacking up against others how how much worse would you say our bottom two lines are
2: well i would say the oilers bottom six are very comparable to the detroit red wings bottom six detroit red wings they don't score at, at all either but then Detroit they're one of the The worst teams in the league yeah the last two teams that the Oilers played against and I did the stats beforehand now I I might be off by one or two now because it was a couple games ago the Capitals bottom six forwards had 11 goals and 25 points the Florida Panthers bottom six forwards I think it was eight goals and 21 points the Edmonton Oilers bottom six had zero goals and zero points So teams that are competitive, like the Capitals and the Florida Panthers, their bottom six are much, much stronger offensively and statistically than the Edmonton Oilers' bottom six.
6: Now, is it possible that we could set some sort of world record? Because we at least have that.
2: (laughs) A world record with what? (laughs) The worst bottom two lines in the history of the nhl um no because there's been some really really bad teams in the national hockey league i'm hoping that this group finds it and gives a little spark here soon
1: all right thanks lars more of your phone calls when we get back you'll also hear from Connor mcdavid oilers fall 3-1 in detroit this is overtime open line presented by heartland ford Snuck an interior pass that's going away and now you've got Helm on a breakaway. In over the line, right to left. Realt shot denied. Miko Koskinen with a clutch blocker save. Koskinen's save of the game courtesy Jiffy Lube, B-Y's winter rise. Koskinen had a good outing tonight. 25 saves on 27 shots but he takes the loss. 3-1 Detroit win it so they had a late empty netter to get the third goal. Leon Dreisaitl, the only goal for the Oilers, his 10th of the season. Connor McDavid had the only Oilers assist on the play. Larkin, Nemeth, and Ronick scoring tonight for the Detroit Red Wings. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in. 9:05. 05, Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, 780 496 0063. We have Tony standing by. Hey, Tony.
6: I have a question for Rob. So we have faced three or four different desperate teams, and it seems like we can't get going. We can't, you know, get pucks in the net, but yet, a team like the capitals where they they're the Defane champions a team like the islanders where they made it to the playoffs last season like it seems like when we are facing a team that you know is a cup contender we play our hearts out we are doing everything right but yet when we're playing these teams who are underperforming and who are desperate it seems like we kind of just it doesn't even seem like we show up why
2: is that? I don't know if I knew that. I would call Dave Tippett right now and he, I tell him. Um, uh, sometimes there's certain games you know you have to play your best against just to stay in the game. The Capitals are a great example. The Penguins, they'll play on Saturday. Those are teams that they can embarrass you and they can embarrass you quickly. There's other games that or other teams that you, you know that if you play your game, you should win. And for some reason, the Oilers have taken their foot off the gas a little bit to start with games against them. The only good thing right now is the Oilers should be a desperate team now. They've been playing teams that were that needed to play desperate. Well, the Oilers are now at that point, just the way that things have gone for them as uh, uh, the last week or two. So they're going to have to play much more desperate. The Columbus Blue Jackets are coming off uh, a loss that they should have One, they gave up five goals in the last 10 minutes of a game the other night. John Tortorella will be in their ears. So I would expect Columbus to push hard. And right now, John Tortorella is watching this game, and he's taking notes. He saw what was successful against the Oilers. They will put that into their game plan, and they also will notice that the two stars of the Oilers played 27 minutes each, Seidel and McDavid. He will talk to his team about bumping them every chance they can, push them, get them tired, try and get them off their game. So this was a, a very taxing loss for the Edmonton Oilers, not only for the loss of two points, but two players that were overextended because of the game.
1: Updating the NHL scoreboard, courtesy Edmonton Trailer, last 30 seconds of the game in Dallas. The Stars are going to win it. They lead the Wild 6-3. Jets and Ducks tied 2-2 early in the second period. Boston took it to San Jose 5-1. Caps beat the Maple Leafs 4-3 in overtime pittsburgh all over philadelphia 7-1 the final the flames lose 2-1 in carolina carolina now 8-3-1 on the year rangers beat the lightning 4-1 and the predators shut out the blackhawks 3-0 nashville's up to 8-3-1 on the season and uh, 5-2 washington leading houston top of the eighth in game six of the world series all right we will bring sam onto the show sam uh, you're gonna finish the play at the end of the call so don't hang up early but what's on your mind first
4: guys uh, love your show hey rob i i love that commentary about uh, Connor mcdavid trying to break through to these guys i was not know you think the
6: exact same thing while you didn't shoot it in uh, that being said uh the first five games they were victories but uh, the impressive thing about it is that they were even when they were being attacked in the offensive zone they weren't panicking i've noticed the last eight games there seems to be a lot of panic in their game
2: yeah, you're, you're probably right. Uh, I think that there there's some confidence lagging. I think when a team struggles, they lose confidence, and usually uh, there's a little hesitation in their game. I think teams are, are starting to figure out what made the Oilers successful earlier in the year and which is the best way to beat them now, what's the best way to play them. The one thing that we, we saw time and time again tonight, uh, speed works against the Oilers. Um, uh, Ethan Bear twice had guys go by him on breakaways. And without making a move, it was just simply speed. So they're trying to take advantage of a couple of the Others defensemen right now, and uh, if it not for Koskinen, this game could have been a little uglier, but anytime one team's successful, uh, you start trying to break them down by, with video to see which is the best way to beat them. And some teams have found a recipe lately, especially early in hockey games. Sam... Some- so would you like that, to finish I, the... Pl- sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry.
6: So is that like a, a coaching thing or is it an injury thing with people being out of the lineup or
2: Um I don't think it's a coaching thing. I, I, I think that what... Ethan Bear was an unknown. Let's take him, for example. He was an unknown when he first came up, and there was no book on him. There wasn't a lot of video on him, so no one knew what his strengths were, what his weaknesses were, and he looked very, very good early. Well, the one thing they're seeing right now, and we saw it in the last couple of games, if you can get some speed and a step on him, he's not as good at turning towards you. Like twice tonight, he got beat cleanly, guys going wide on him. So there's an example right there. Going against the... Third line, Sheehan's line. Okay, well, early in the season when they were keeping things going offensively, they were doing this, this, and this. Well, here's how we beat that line. And they start finding ways. Every Before every game, every single player in the opposition is broken down. Every line is broken down. Here's what you can do to have success against them. Here's where they're strong. Here's where you got to uh, stop them from doing this. That's why the others' power play was so good at the beginning of the year. Well, all the goals that they scored are now on video for opposition teams, and they're looking at those, okay, they really want to go cross ice to to dry settle for a one-timer. And we've seen, well, tonight, for example, three or four times, the puck's coming across, sticks are in lanes, deflecting it. So whatever a team does to be successful early, teams are now watching that and trying to disrupt it.
1: Sam, you're going to finish the play. I have something special tonight. It's a little different. Now, first of all, you already have up to eight days parking at Jet Set Parking, the best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online at jetsetparking.com. Self-park as low as $5.98 per day with the promo code CHED. So you can park a little cheaper when you go to your winter home in the Dominican or wherever it is, Sam. I don't know why I picked the Dominican. Uh...
4: (laughs) You want to go there right now,
1: don't you? (laughs) Okay, this is a good one, Sam. Um, This question is about Gordie Howe. And uh, I I was looking at the notes today, and on this day in 1947, Gordie Howe wore the number 9 for the Detroit Red Wings for the first time because in his rookie season, he did not wear number 9. What number did he wear, 17 or 91?
5: Oh,
4: okay, you know what? I'm going to
2: go with 91. Okay, wait a second. Before you answer... Yeah. Before you answer, you know Yari Curry was one of my favorite players. I just wanted to say that on air. Okay, go ahead.
4: Okay, I'm gonna
1: go with 17. Absolutely, good job. Is it, I, I I actually didn't know that. Rob, I didn't know Rob, that either. Rob,
2: well, you knew I, he wore. I knew he number. wore another number. I didn't know it was 17. But.
1: I I I would have
4: I. Figured
2: he went from 91 to 9. <laughs> I mean, that's you know, good oh, on your good part. One. But there but weren't a lot of high numbers. No, they didn't just, have high yeah, numbers back then.
1: To numbers. Yeah, fair point. Sam, stay on the line. Your name's going into the grand prize draw for one hour at Fast Track Indoor Karting, valued at 1000 bucks. Safe adrenaline pumping fun. Fast Track Karting, Edmonton.com. Uh, Jesse says, uh, I agree on the secondary scoring. But uh, compared to last year, the Oilers have come a long way with our goaltending, team attitude, special teams, and so on. 8-4-1 is still good, but one more loss, in my opinion, is going to be a cause for concern. Uh, I don't believe Yamamoto is ready for the NHL yet, but I do believe the healing of injuries is going to help this team get back on track. That is from uh, Jesse, texting 63630, and Rob writes in, not Rob Brown, another Hmm. Rob. He simply says, quickly... Starting to look a lot like last year. Tequila, anyone? Well, <laughs> okay. you're serving it.
2: Yeah, I'm in. i mean, Where are we going for tequila? Uh, how about, just going back, you did the scoreboard a little earlier. The Dallas-Minnesota um, game? Yeah. 6-3 Dallas? Did it end? It, I think it did. 6-3. Yeah, Dallas scored six straight. They were down 3 nothing oh, that in that game. Straight. Dallas Stars, who have struggled all year long, all of a sudden. 5-8-1 now. Yeah.
1: All right, we'll take a quick timeout. Oilers lose 3-1 to the Red Wings tonight. Overtime open line, presented by Heartland Ford. All right, Oilers lose 3-1 to the wings. Uh, Cam texting in, he says, why aren't people more critical of Clefbaum's lack of anything resembling physical play? Time and time again, he fails to even attempt to finish a check. Really tough to watch when his 170-pound partner, currently Chris Russell, will do just about anything to block shots or clear a puck out of the zone. Oscar plays like it's men's league out there. That is a text from Cam to 630-630. All right, let's go back to Detroit. Here's Captain Connor McDavid.
7: Yeah, I mean, obviously we need to be a desperate team too. We're one and three or something like that in our last our last game, so yeah, we need to be a desperate team. Um, we can definitely learn a lesson from from their group tonight. Um, obviously, we haven't got to, to eight or anything like that, but um, you know, it's it's uh, we got to start now.
5: So this is a team. that is a pretty good skating team too. They look like they clogged up the neutral zone, didn't give you guys much. Yeah, they, uh, they, well. they
7: skate well. I mean, all, all their lines. Um, you know, their D skate well too. Um, you know, and they, they just clutch and grab and, and hold up throughout the, the middle there. It, it, uh, it slows the game down, so credit to them. They, they did what they had to do, and, um, and I thought uh, we did a good job battling back in the third, um, you know, making it a game there and, and having a bunch of opportunities to tie it. But, um, you know, we started too late again. A couple
4: of days ago, you and your teammates talked about how playing from behind is not a recipe for success, and it's also kind of wears on you. Maybe talk about the challenges of playing from behind, Constantly it seems like and and the challenges that come when you're getting to third period do my two.
7: Yeah, I mean obviously we need to find a way to get off out of the gates uh, better And um, you know, we can start that tomorrow. That's uh, that's the exciting thing for us um, What went right
3: for you guys in the third period
7: that you guys were able to kind of quick. we played fast you were moving pucks up um, Our forwards were we uh, you know, able to, to read where the pucks were going um, We got it in just outworked them um, got pucks in that Um all that that typical cliche stuff that everyone likes to talk about but you know that that stuff works
1: all right that's connor mcdavid assisted on leon dreisaitl's goal today the only one the oilers got they lose 3-1 to the wings all detroit through the first 20 minutes mostly detroit in the middle 20 minutes all edmonton in the third but they cannot pull even a detroit sealed it with an empty net goal i have no idea why this gentleman is calling two games in a row because he said he wasn't going to do that but here's scott from boston (laughs)
4: <laughs> Reed, I would hate to correct you on air, but that's not true. I haven't called for a couple games, bro.
1: You called after the Florida game on Sunday. Oh well, that was days ago. Days <laughs> of games.
4: Because I, I so joked on. When we're calling about on. the Patriots. <laughs> uh, I get a good one for Rob. Oh, the Pats. They're they're, they're going to run the that, Believe me, I call it the talk Oilers hockey, but the Pats are running the table. I don't know what you guys gamble up there. They're running at 16 and up, 19-0 in another Super Bowl, barring injury. 100 percent. Trust me. Free money. No and they're playing – Everyone saying matter. Baltimore. Everyone saying Baltimore is their toughest game on their schedule this weekend. They're going to they're gonna kill him. They're going to play up to the competition. But all right, enough. I, only, I know I only have so much time. As usual, Reed, please cut me off so I have time for Rob. Rob, what's up, guy? Doing well. I got a good one for you tonight, Trivia. I got a good one. All right, here we go. Let me roll through about three points in 40 seconds. <sighs> here we go. First of all, it's 20 degrees up there. This is why you guys are a leg up on us, uh, us American hockey players. You're already playing pond hockey. We have to wait till January. <laughs> you know, not fair, but we're catching up quick. All right, I'm not liking these road woes. I'm not liking it. Real quick question. What's their home record right now versus their road record, if you could pull it up quick?
1: They're 5-1 at home. They're 3-3-1 three, three and one on the road. They've all only right. scored two goals in their last four road games.
4: 500, I
1: thought it was worse than that. Now, listen,
4: it's okay to lose a game. It happens. But lack of effort is unacceptable. And that is a coaching problem, or dare I say, a captain problem. you got to get yourself ready to play. That's something I I don't like. It. I don't mm, – their record doesn't impress me right now. They're going to be 500 very quick if they don't straighten this out. I still think you need to break up McDavid and Drysidle. This is my line if I was the head coach of the Oilers. McDavid, centering Nuge, and a, the most physical player that can skate out of Bakersfield that's dying to play in the NHL. Gretzky played with Semenko and Yari Curry. You need someone physical to create Yeah, space. but
2: whoa, 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 whoa. Semenko is an NHL hockey player. Whoever's the toughest guy on the Bakersfield Condors is an American hockey league hockey
4: not, player. No, okay, yeah, not necessarily tough, Rob, but you just th- physical.
2: Well, that's not fighting. I don't Cass-
4: mean fighting. I just mean physical. well. Cassian
2: right now is playing there. I mean, the, the problem if you move Nugent Hopkins up, then all of a sudden Drysettles playing with limited wingers. New-
4: I, I, see, this is something I see, and I'm not trying to be arrogant, but I see something I don't think the GM and the coach sees in Edmonton. Nuge and McDavid would be a perfect fit because Nuge has that crafty, you know, create play. you know, you
2: know, else it, you know who else is a ha- perfect fit? dry settle and McDavid? No, because then you've you yeah. got to spread out. You, you gotta w-
1: did play up there last year, Scott, as I'm sure you remember. Time for yeah, trivia. Go ahead.
4: I know, time but you trivia. can't have one question. All right, trivia go time. Ahead. All right, here we go. Well, no, I have my notes. I do. Call me a geek. You got notes?
2: Seriously? Uh, yeah, I got to do this yeah. off the top of my head, and you get notes?
4: No, well, no. I use notes for the call. I can't remember all this. Stuff. I've had about five beers. I was watching the Bruins. The I've Bruins had six. Great,
2: I'm man. still doing the game. Come on <laughs> now. What's your What's your question? All right,
4: here we go. All right. In Gretzky's rookie year, uh huh. He, f- where did he finish in the scoring race? Into who? A Little tricky.
2: He tied. He tied for first. Oh,
4: no. If you can name the amount of points, I'm
2: thirty-seven. Oh
1: my God! All right, talk to you in a week. Bye. <laughs> uh, Marcel Dion got the Art Ross Trophy because he had, he had more goals. goals. Yes. Oilers lose three-one to the Wings, overtime open line. Courtesy Hartland Ford. Detroit three, Edmonton one is the final. Edmonton's record eight-four and one. Detroit's record four-eight and one. They snap an eight-game. Winless skid. The Oilers have lost back-to-back games in regulation time for the first time this year. On to Columbus tomorrow. I Think pretty obvious. Mike Smith will be the goaltender. They. Uh, what else do
2: you expect, Rob? Well, um, there's the possibility of more line shuffling because what ha- what they did for today's game didn't work. Uh, I don't. The only. I mean, you could see you could see Lagesson in. I don't know if that would happen. I don't think, I mean, he only gave up the two goals. So I don't think that's the problem tonight's game. And then Grandlin and I know that Bob talked he could be in, but the reason he was out because he wasn't very good when he was in either. So, mm-hmm. honestly, I probably wouldn't change anything with who plays other than Smith, but I would probably rethink some of the lines just because, again, it, it wasn't good enough. All right. You
1: can always get more on the Oilers page on 630 dot globalnews.ca. We are back at it tomorrow, 4 o'clock for the face-off show. The game begins at 5.30, Oilers in Columbus. Saturday, we'll have a doubleheader on 6.30, Chad. Face-off show at 9.30 in the morning. Oilers-Penguins at 11, and then at 2 o'clock the Eskimos, and the Rough Riders as they close out their regular season getting ready for their playoff game in Montreal next Sunday. Big thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. The Oilers' really poor start tonight, thoroughly outplayed in the first period. Detroit got two goals in 52 seconds, stayed that way into the third. The Oilers starting applying a pressure. Dreisaitl scored with 7:12 left. They had a power play with 6.5 to go, couldn't tie it, and then Detroit seals it with an empty netter. Oilers hockey is presented by World of Spas. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins, Overtime Open Line, presented by Harlan Ford. Have a great night. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.